You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Hope you're doing well and having a fabulous time and staying healthy right now. I know it's a little bit crazy out there, um, but I hope everyone's taking precautions, not freaking out too much, but doing what you got to do to stay healthy and stay safe, okay? Um, Yeah, I didn't mean to start the podcast off on such a heavy note, but it's an important time, so I hope that everybody's taking care. It goes without saying. Uh, This week's episode, I am so excited to share a conversation that I had with my friend AJ Raphael. And for those of you who don't know, AJ is a singer-songwriter and a YouTuber, a YouTube influencer, if you will, um, who has been singing for many, many years. And this episode is just kind of a deep dive into his experiences his journey as a creative person as an entrepreneur um just as a person that has gone through many many highs and lows in a very unexpected way and i think that aj's story though you know he has this very specific experience of being an influencer and a youtuber that a lot of people don't experience in their lifetime um but might be curious about and wonder what it is like to have uh that hustle and have that uh in certain ways, a lot of instability and uh, creative drive and chasing your passions. I think AJ's story is incredibly inspiring because he's someone who's persevered through so much and uh, had to pivot and figure a lot of things out. So in that way, it's incredibly inspiring and just educational. Um but really, it's to touch more upon the fact that he is a person who has overcome a lot. And in this time, everybody is going through their respective um paths and they're figuring out their careers, they're figuring out their relationships, and they're figuring out uh, how their members of their families are all changing around them and whatnot. So AJ's story incorporates all of that. He has navigated a really unique career path and found love along the way. His mom has found love along the way. If you follow him on Instagram, he has such a beautiful, gorgeous family and his mom just got remarried um, and now they're in a little Brady Bunch situation. But in all of that, I'm just so grateful that AJ was able to sit down and open up about what he's gone through and share parts of him um, that you don't necessarily get to see on social media. Uh, he is a really open book, but you know, not everything that we put on Instagram or on YouTube is is necessarily you know the real-time reflection or you know even the retrospect of looking back on all of it and understanding what all of this was about and what it taught us aj is just a very generous person so i hope that you enjoy this episode on the highs and lows with aj Raphael, and hopefully that it will relate to whatever it is that you're going through in your life again that's the point of first of all is to go into all of these different parts of ourselves uh, whether they're just purely logistical or whether they have to do with our soul and our feelings we are a blend of all of that. So hopefully we'll figure out how to navigate this all together, fam. This is what it's about. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. But before uh, I go into the episode with AJ, I did want to do a shout out because there is an event happening this Saturday on March 7th in New York City. Um, and it's a fundraising event because uh, there was a fire in New York City in Chinatown at 70 Mulberry. Uh, the archives uh, at the Museum of Chinese in America, MOCA, 
burned down. It was an incredibly devastating fire, and a lot of really, really important artifacts and art and um, history were lost. And so, in light of all of that, I did want to throw my support behind uh, this fundraiser, where they're having uh, music and performances and a silent auction featuring beautiful Asian American designed artwork, including jewelry, paintings, photography, uh, for people to win. All of these proceeds will go towards restoring, um, restoring. This Chinatown fire, all the damage that was done. So, if you guys are in New York, near New York, uh, this Chinatown fire relief fundraiser is going to go down Saturday, March seventh, from six to ten p.m. It's going to be at three zero one Henry Street in New York, in Manhattan, and this is in support of Chinatown Manpower Project, the Museum of Chinese in America, the Chen Dance Center, the Chinatown Senior Center, and the United East Athletics Associations. So, uh, there were many, many organizations that were also. Impacted by this fire, not just Mocha, not just the archives. Um, there's a lot of dis- displacement happening. A lot of people who have lost access to their facilities and their resources, and it's you know heart of this community. So please do go out and support. Spread the word. Um, if you got the homies out in New York and need something to do on Saturday, and who doesn't need something to do on Saturday, uh, please go out. This is a very worthy cause. And shout out to my friend Michael Ken Stewart. He's the producer of Six Ninety Nine Per Pound Podcast. And I have so much love for you, Michael. Thank you so much for being a beacon of light and an advocate for the community, always holding it down and making sure that the people that need support are elevated and given a voice. And honestly, Michael, you are the MVP. I have so much respect for you. And thank you so much for sharing this with me and allowing me to be a supporter of it. So uh, with with no further ado, please enjoy this episode on the highs and lows with AJ Raphael, and I will talk to you later. Bye. Okay. How are you doing, AJ? Wow, good. Good? Did we start? We are started. <laughs> <laughs> it has begun. I know. I'm good. Just, you know. Sitting here, I felt weird this morning because I didn't eat, but I was up early. Are you doing like an intermittent fasting thing? No, I want to. I'm feeling, this is really random, but my (laughs) cholesterol is high. Yo, okay. First of all, that is very real and increasingly, how old are you again? Yeah, I'm 30, turning 31. I don't know when all this happened, but yeah, everybody 30 up has been discussing that and it's a real thing. (laughs) So... Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, we're gonna, everybody. We're, on that note, we're going to educate everyone on many things. But that's a tr- that's a true life. I know situation. I know when I was eighteen or whatever, not thinking about that at all. Never. Not even a diet. No. You know. You just eat what you want and sleep when you want and wake up when you feel like <laughs> I know. it. So now places. there's yeah there's more of a I don't know some things that you got to follow in order for you to stay healthy mm-hmm. and not just your body but your relationships and stuff and consciousness right come on. right yeah. has yeah. it been when did you, was sidebar I'm curious about this <laughs> when did you find out about it like how long has it been in your life yeah now? it's been three months oh okay so, so it's fairly like new pretty new and uh, I was getting a blood test for a totally different thing uh-huh. and, uh huh and I hadn't got a blood test in a long time. And then I got the results. I, I need to as well. Yeah. See, this is kind of a, to whoever, anyone who's listening who hasn't gotten a blood test in a long time, yeah. anyone that I've told, they're like, shoot, I should get a blood test. Yeah. Because you just don't know. 
Now everyone who's listening to this, hopefully. Dude, honestly, <laughs> there's no symptoms or anything for like high cholesterol. You just like. High cholesterol. Sorry, I said high blood pressure. No, yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Oh my God. That would be another problem if that was a, a thing. I would okay. so not be surprised if I had high blood pressure. Dude, I mean, you know, comes well, with a job. What can you do? Yeah. Speaking of jobs, I mean, the reason I've been, uh, thank you. Yes. For being here. Yes. And um, I'm really freaking happy. And I think it actually is really perfect that the stars align for you to be on this episode. The last episode I just put out was actually had to do with loneliness and kind of talking about this new state of being that I think yeah. our generation, our society, whatever. I got to listen know. to that one. Yeah. Oh, you should have had me going in. But it's okay. <laughs> it's good because we will. I want your fresh a, take. Your yeah, hot fresh take. take. But, you know, there's a lot of related things, but I, I think about you and I've gotten to know you for what? Is it like eight years now? Something like that. I think well, I met you in 2011. You were at my 2011 show. The year that you met Jeremy Lin. Yeah. Oh, that was the show I met you at? I think so. That must be it. Did we meet before that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's been nine years. With Nikki Sun and Yeah, Sal yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Nine years, AJ. It's been nine years. We've been friends. Uh, almost Gone a decade. to know you. And I have so much respect and admiration for you as a human being, but also for you as a professional, mm. for somebody who has like gone the whole nine yards. You have committed. You have made things work. You have gone through different waves of, of YouTube and just True. technology. And, you know, there's so many versions of you that I've been able to witness at this point. We own the eighth. Um and so I, I wanted to just honestly, every, everyone gets to know you're super accessible and like people get to know you so much through your social media and through like all the videos you put on YouTube. Is, yeah. But I want it on my platform <laughs> and just dive into your life and your brain and this, this world that you've been honestly just navigating for the last, how many years has it been? Yeah. 13, 14 years. 14 years. 2006. Because you're an OG and there's not that, you know, that's a specific, I feel like, class of people and the people sure. who stay in it, sure. too. That's true. So I just want to spill all the tea is it's what a, I'm saying. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of it <laughs> yeah. where, you know, just starting, you know, I still had my um, people that I looked up to who are like my peers now, you know, like, you know, one of the first videos I ever saw on YouTube was David Choi mm. and oh, his David. song, That Girl. And, you know, I didn't know him personally then, but now we're good friends, obviously. And seeing Jeremy Passion's um, video of My Boo, oh. but it wasn't even on a video platform. It was like some real player Kodak that was on his MySpace, you know. Right. So, you know, he goes even further than YouTube. And uh, the MySpace days were really... Uh, big for me and trying to find out like what I wanted to do uh -huh. as an artist. Uh -huh. So weird, man. Like, did I you would, have an idea at the time? Not really, but mm -hmm. when I first posted, you know, I tell this story a lot too. Where, but this is literally the beginning where I, my mom gave me a thousand dollar recorder and, you know, she, she really invested. helped. Yeah, she invested, helped me invest, and she freaking let me record a song or, or you know, she just let me take the whole garage as my studio oh. and I uh, recorded my first song and I put it on my MySpace via like JavaScript type thing. So before MySpace music had, you know, the player where you could select the songs and stuff, mm -hmm. I was still posting on there because, and this is all just by instinct, I guess. Mm -hmm. No one told me to do this. Yeah. And then, you know, throughout my high school, I'm like, people know my songs and stuff. And my best friend, Arby, who, you know, like I, I had him sell CDs that I would burn, and if he sold 10, <gasps> he would get in and out. 
<laughs> like I'd buy them in and out. You know what I'm saying? The hustle started so early on. Yeah. I love this. RV, I'm learning so much more about you, man. <laughs> it was, he's been like my hype man, you know. Ride or die. Roadie, ride or die since day one. But, you know, I was playing a lot of backyard shows back then. So I felt really lucky when I look back that I got to experience what it was like kind of the real life thing. Like yeah. going out there, passing out flyers, CDs to play shows. Yes. And then you know, finding out that you, there was a website called YouTube that brought my, you know, music to a different level. And Why didn't that audience? Yeah, it was, Jeez. it was so crazy because in the backyard shows, I already felt like, man, this is freaking awesome. Everyone's singing my song. It was one song in particular. And, um, I, I had my friends who are fans of that song and, and the world is like, then it gets way bigger when you get on YouTube and yeah. MySpace. Even even already on MySpace, there's like fans from the Philippines and stuff. Yeah, already. Yeah. What year was that then? When um, you were doing so that? that was 2005. Um, I think 2005 is when YouTube was created. Technically, it was created. 2005. Yes. And then my first video was September of 2006. My God! So yeah. you were hella early. Yeah, I think. You know, when people, when I meet people now, are like, I just don't, you post all the time, you're so natural, blah, 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 you know. It's literally because it was ingrained in me since, since 2005. Since 2000. So I, was, I was 15 or 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? Holy crap. Okay, I was in college. So I, have, I have a few years on you, but it was definitely like a really eye-opening moment that gave you like, it was, it was a first look portal into, because my first video that I ever watched of you that I fell in love with instantaneously was you with Kathy. Oh, lucky. Um, lucky in the bathroom. Yeah. Died. I was like, I love both of them. <laughs> Filipino and Vietnamese girl. What are yeah. you kidding me? I like know. girl from the Bay Area, like seeing my people. That is awesome. Killing it and singing the, one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It was a moment. Like it was yeah. a real moment for me. And you don't know what you're oh, missing so until cool. you see it sure. kind of thing. I mean, and the crazy thing about that video and that song in particular is like Colby Calais came up from MySpace. Uh-huh. You know? Um so We've seen her on MySpace, and then she does a song with Jason Mraz, and we're like, whoa, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, come on. And then me and Kathy did. But the funny thing about that is that we met because of a MySpace bulletin that I put out on Are, my MySpace. That's how you and Kathy met? Yes. What the heck? I said, <laughs> I said, I'm about to play basketball at Shadow Oak Park in Walnut, California, mm-hmm. down here. And um, she showed up with our friend Randolph Permejo. Wow. And they had a song together on MySpace. And they showed up. Like, it was crazy. Me and Arby were there. And Kathy and Randolph show up. And then I had a guitar and we were jamming and stuff. Magic. Crazy. Magic. Magic. And we were also, she's like what, two years older than me, maybe. Yeah. Um. So she was a little older, but like, I don't know. We got, we all got along so fast. Kathy is one of the, she's such a lovely human being. Like I adore this girl. Yeah. I haven't spent nearly as much time with her as I have you, but I've, you know, gotten to meet her and get to know her over the years, birthday parties and things like that, events, collaboration events. But she just has such a really natural ease about what she wants to do. And there's like little, there's no farce. Like she's not. She yeah. just is Kathy. I'm with you on that. Love it. Like her smile has been the same since exactly more than ten years ago. Super generous with and like really really sincere. So yeah, I, I feel like that was a match made in heaven. So thank you. Yes. Thank you, Lord, for giving us <laughs> this, this magic. And I'm curious because like I've gotten to know your story. If you had to like, if we could rewind a little bit before you were like 15, 16, doing the MySpace thing, because you started music way younger. Mm-hmm. 
How old were you when you first, like, um, you it know, became part of you? Five years old, Aww. playing piano. My mom said I had two and a half. I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> like, video or it didn't happen. <laughs> Seriously, I'm like, no way, two and a half, because I see two and a half year olds. I'm like, there's no way that they'd be playing piano. But maybe. I don't know. Um, I'll, I remember being five, though, mm-hmm. playing piano and being kind of forced to... Um, force is such a harsh word, but that's what it felt like, you know, rehearsing and stuff and, like, practicing. It was just, like, because I had private teachers. Mm-hmm. My dad, like, taught me how to practice, but they put me in lessons with an actual teacher. Got you know, it. From, like, maybe five on and off until ten, until until my dad passed away, which was 10 years old and you know he was in a band and stuff so uh, he was in a cover band playing oh, piano i love playing it. keys oh so i would go to their gigs and like fall in love with pop music and um they had a latina lead singer so they'd even sing like songs like besame mucho and things like that and selena songs you know so i fell in love with all these pop songs and uh i was just like i don't really love classical music you know that was that was what I was for, was learning on the piano. For sure, that's like the yeah. traditional like a Asian way. When you are learning piano, yeah. you learn you Mozart have to, yeah. and Bach, it, and, which is a good basis. Yeah, you know for what sure. I mean? I'm really glad I kind of got out of it. No offense to people who are doing classical music, but it I was in a box, I guess, in my mind. And when I started hearing my dad do pop music on this keyboard that he had bought for like $2,000. Yeah. Um, I was on it every moment I could can put headphones on. And while he was playing his grand piano, uh-huh. I'm like on the electric, you know, key, digital electronic keyboard. Working on your craft already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. I started recording music already by then. Like, yeah, it must have been eight or nine, but there's a record function and stuff. <sighs> and to, to get it off it onto a computer you had to put it, it was like a 3.5 millimeter floppy disk so that's how and i would erase the demo discs because we didn't have any yeah the demo disc that came with a keyboard oh my god! just to make room for my own that is so cute beyond words i feel like that needs to be in like a film somewhere yeah because i'm telling you the the amount of barriers we put on ourselves like oh my god i have to download what and it's like kind so of true, huh? it's the work right like i'm very obsessed with the, the work i say this all the time <laughs> because i feel like that's what gives things substance do so you know true. what i mean like i feel you I, we have so much nostalgia for like the 90s and like yeah. that, those eras because there were things we had to do in order to get, to get X, yeah. Y, or Z. So true. Now it's so easily accessible. Right. Now so, it's difficult yeah. in a different way. Like, oh my God, I don't have oh. enough storage space. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And we have essentially unlimited. No Wi Fi. You know I, mean? I totally feel you. That's, I think, the difference in generations and not that there's anything wrong with the generation now. Yeah. But it's cool that, yeah, we had to do floppy disks or put stuff on CDs and... Or cassette tapes, even. Or cassette tapes, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember going on my Talkboy or whatever and, like, saying, this is DJ AJ, and, like, I'd make <laughs> my own mixtapes for myself to listen to. It was, like, so weird. My brother and I, oh, my God, you just <laughs> made me spark a memory. <laughs> I don't think I've ever shared this. My older brother, because I didn't remember it, we, on our way to a camping trip... In Kings Canyon, recorded a radio show. So technically, <laughs> that was my first podcast. Yes, that's. It was not called a podcast. Yeah, it was it's not. Just a radio show. It was a. It was a tape recorder, and like we were bored out of our minds, and we had two family friends, and like the four of us alternated. And it had a mic on it and stuff. Yeah, it had a yeah. recording function, and we just recorded a radio show. Dude. 
That's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah, literally me and my sister would do that all the time. And your sisters are mad talented too. I love that. And there's so much synergy when you, like, I have friends also that are only children and they have so much like, oh man, I just wish I had a sibling and I loathed my brother. (laughs) Like, oh. That's true. Grass is always greener. For sure. But like in hindsight, it's such a blessing to have. Totally. Yeah. And we were close in age. How, How about you guys? Uh, he's three years older than me. Three years older. And then okay. the little one came when I was 10, so. Oh, okay. Surprise! Same thing. Yeah. So me and Jasmine, a year and a half apart, and then Justine is 10 years younger than me. You know? We're the same. And you have two sisters, and you're the middle. I'm the oldest. Oh, you're the oldest. What yeah. are I saying? Are you the middle? I'm the middle. Ah. Uh, yeah. Is, it says a lot, Is the right? boy oldest? Yeah. So I have two brothers, older uh, okay. and younger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know... It, I mean, and and having my sister be musical as well, and she played violin with me, uh, with me, and I played clarinet, and we played for church for my dad's choir and stuff. You know? I love it. So it it was cool because we've always had music in us, yeah. you know, and we loved singing and and stuff too. But our main things were being instrumentalists. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure why that was like the thing we leaned on more. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'd play, yeah, with my dad at church, and he created children's choir at the church in Myrna Valley. And, um, it's crazy. Cause one of the last memories I have with him is that I was just singing, uh, choir music and stuff really loud mm-hmm. in the, in the house, mm-hmm. like literally going through the house singing really loud. And then I think he's either telling my mom or someone on the phone, like, wow, AJ really has a nice voice, you know? Oh, and that's like I my first it. time hearing that. And maybe that helped me, you know, be like, well, I'm a singer too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was so already um, proficient, for lack of better word, with piano and like reading and stuff, mm-hmm. even by that age, mm-hmm. uh, 10 years old, that I had no confidence in my singing at all. You know what I mean? So to hear that from somebody, I mean, you, I feel like your dad was naturally like your, uh, like a North Star. Like he was the influence, yeah, he was yeah, already totally. doing it. So to yeah. hear that from somebody that you have that much respect for. It holds a lot of weight. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'll always remember that, you know? So, um, and he wasn't really known as a singer either. And my mom wasn't either, but she was in his choir and stuff. That's how they met. And, yeah. You know, so when he passed away, um, my mom took over as a choir director for all his choirs. And then I was just playing piano. So we were like a tag team, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so cute. And I also never even really got a microphone when I was playing piano until a couple years later when I started asking for it, you know? And then your mom invested. Yeah, and then my mom invested at 14, 14 years old. Which brings us back to the MySpace days. Yeah, exactly. It's It's, crazy. I love love knowing origin stories because everybody's is different, and you never know what little micro thing was the thing. Like, you overhearing your dad say that you have a nice voice was the thing, versus for somebody else, it might have just been like, oh, they heard something, and, you know, I don't know, what, what external thing or what... What motion brought them to that to point? To be doing that, yeah. Because yeah. then, also, if we were bringing, like, representation and stuff that, you know, me and you advocate for um, into the picture, it's like, maybe no one else would have inspired me in that way mm-hmm. if my dad didn't tell me I was a good musician or I was a good singer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's not like we're able to look on TV and be like, I could be that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, there's... There's her. Like, I'm not she. We are not same. Right. It's not, it doesn't compute. I mean, there was definitely, and I think those are things I definitely didn't compute until I was much older. We, we know this so thoroughly yeah. now. I know. 
so um, true. and we talk about it very frequently, we which do. is good. Yeah. Um, but it's, it just goes to show like we grew up in a different time and I think that created different challenges for us. True. But I think made us different kinds of creatives. Yeah. Right. Totally. And so you started the MySpace thing in high school, then like really went, when did you go hardcore into the YouTube thing? Cause you were just doing it for funsies, right? Like yeah, it's all just for like funsies. I mean, when I f- reached my first thousand subscribers, I didn't know what that was. And I was like, <laughs> I have 1,000 subscribers? Like, did they have to pay? Like, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> and then obviously did my research and stuff and saw that, you know, there are people on YouTube who were, like, collecting subscribers, I guess. And, like, they're also celebrating every uh, milestone they have. So, yeah. like, at 2,000, I ha- I would be like, oh, let's, I'm going to order, like, 20 pizzas for my friends and stuff like that. Like, you, it would it would be more of a community. So, right. yeah, it was, like, funsies. Then it became community, and I'm talking to all the commentators. And, you know, there was a streaming platform back then called Blog TV, mm. and it wasn't, I mean, now streaming is kind of big. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but I built a community through even that website, um, through my laptop and stuff. And then I went to Berkeley College of Music, which is where I really realized... I only went to college because I felt like that was the path. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to go. Yeah. Obviously, I, I'm glad I went because I met my band members like Andrew, Rim, and, you know, these Hi, other Hi, Andrew. We love you. Andrew, miss you. And uh, I went through that path. I only went for a year. But during that time, I was, like, making YouTube videos in my practice rooms and stuff and uploading all the time. Consistently, I'd make series, like, classic series and would do, like, 10 classic songs or whatever and things like that. Stuff that came to my mind naturally, not, I was not trying to market anything. Yeah. It was so weird. And most of it was so that my MySpace had videos still at that time. So you were just trying to maintain something? Yeah, trying to maintain something, I guess, yeah. And then, um, then the partner program happened, I think, 2009, it must have been. Oh. Because I remember writing an essay on why I think I should have ad revenue on my YouTube channel. Uh-huh. Um, I started writing about that. I remember being in Boston doing that. So when I started making money off my YouTube videos, that's when I really felt like it was real. Like you're, this is my job. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this could be my job. And I was like, it, it felt like I was getting money for nothing, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, cause it's stuff you would have been doing for free anyway. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what? There's like, I have $1,000 in the bank right now, you know, and yeah. I started like spending it on random things, flying my friends out to Boston, like things like that, because I didn't know, also high school doesn't teach you how to save money. Yeah, there, you know that's I mean? also the thing. We can talk more about that. <laughs> we can. Yeah, totally. So that was when I started taking it really seriously, 2009. And when I, you know, dropped out of school and came back home, I was like, well, I got to go in. Yeah. Shows. Good for you. There's different, I mean, again, there's that moment of recognition could be, so many different choices from there yeah. for so many different people. They could be there and be like, well, this will be a nice little side thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Or uh-huh. like, oh, it's great that I'm going to do music for fun while I become an accountant sure. and like, you know, generate some to pay off my school loans or something. Yeah. And you decided to go in. Go which all is in. Amazing. And play these shows who would like, you know, the college shows fly me out or whatever, pay a couple hundred dollars plus the flight, you know, yeah. that was a big deal back in the day. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, technically, still, is now. it still is. Yeah. Relatively. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. but I would do, I would do gigs for like gas money and stuff and, you know, bring RB out and some friends and they'd help me set up my piano and, you know, things like that. I still felt like I was doing like the real life hustle, mm-hmm. but still also trying to do this YouTube thing Yeah, as well, which is like being consistent. I, I didn't know about anything 
like that back then. Yeah. But, you know, I know, I do think that I did see, like, the more I was posting, the more subscribers would come and... So you had your own data set to go off of. Yeah, yeah. Because you were flying blind, basically. That's the thing that I have so much, like, wow, how did people go about that? Because there were no tutorials on YouTube about how to be on YouTube. It was just, like, you just exist. You just Yeah, we couldn't really compare ourselves to anybody else. Pioneers. Yeah. It was, yeah, because there was, like, uh, charts back then on YouTube and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember the music charts... Um, being, I don't know, top 30 or something at that point, Uh um, because they divide us into, you know, subgroups and stuff. And I remember seeing like all of us on there, Kina Granis, David Choi, uh, Chester, things like that, you know? And then I, I think I, I do remember this one time and Kina's obviously way past me now, but (laughs) if we're talking numbers, but at one point Uh I had passed her and it was a huge deal to me because Kina's one of those careers that I really wanted to be like. Yeah. Like she posts, she tours, she writes an album. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a cycle. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's her living and it's really cool to see that. And I went to her release party for a, an album and, uh, her boyfriend who is her husband now yeah, was like, dude, we were so genuinely happy when we saw that. And that it was so cool because we're all like rooting for each other and stuff. That's true love. Yeah, it was amazing. Like I'll always remember that, and that was a night I met Chester C and stuff too. And like, yo, what's Chester up to? I, I met him back in the day. He's uh, I think he's releasing songs again. Cool. And stuff. But he also took like a a good hiatus as well. You know, which which I feel like is a <laughs> is a signature thing. Yeah. On this creative thing. And in my, my hiatus, hiat, what, what's a plural of hiatus? <laughs> hiatus is high tie. Um, yes, then we'll make that a word. I've gone through tons of different waves of like, I'm burnt out. I can't do this. Yeah. And so I this know. is like, this is where the big sister in me, where I hear, you know, there's so much speculation from people who are not in this world. Yeah. Whether that's, like, they're talking about my acting or being a producer. And for you, it's, like, being a YouTuber, mm-hmm. being an artist, being a singer-songwriter. They see a lot of the, the cool stuff, which is very, I think is, is so exactly. amazing. Exactly. I'm not taking anything away from that. Yeah. But it's also, like, really the behind the scenes is there's a lot of everything, right? Totally. Which is why I was like, I need AJ on this podcast <laughs> to spill the tea on what his life has been. I, honestly, I know that there's a lot you've been through that I don't know. Because, you know, yeah. we do talk a lot about the work in the community. So we're already, even sure. our conversations are different. Yeah, that's true. We go, go, go. And there's not a lot of stopping being like, oh, yeah, this is how it's been really, how did I even get here and how hard it's been and things like that. And that's what I think is worth not to discourage anybody, but to it's worth knowing because I get scared when I hear kids being like, I want to be a YouTuber more than they, again, it's not about traditional, non-traditional, but like that they're no, the less kids want to be like teachers and, sure. and, and, and doctors and lawyers, sure. you know, like, again, I love my YouTube friends yeah. so much, but I don't think there's a lot of registering like what that entails. Yeah. So going back to what you said about like how people kind of see they have their own perspective on what it is from the outside mm-hmm. yeah like dude singing and stuff and playing shows yeah that sounds like the coolest job mm-hmm. i think that's the thing is like people see and even you yourself see that oh this is fun mm-hmm. i'm supposed to be having fun you know mm-hmm. there's people who like line up to 
get my get their CDs signed by me, and I'm smiling, and it's a meet and greet, and all these things. You know, yeah, I think yeah. you don't. We don't look at ourselves and be like, okay, why don't we try to treat it like a nine to five and have the weekends off? Or yeah, I mean, have it would be for opposite yourself. for us, you know, because the weekends are work. Your weekends like Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, if we looked at it like that, and like, you know, I was really looking at like the schedule that my girlfriend Alyssa has, and it's a very like schedule, and she knows what's going on. If we can be both things, be still spontaneous and go with the flow and all these things, but also have a plan of when we want to take a vacation and stuff. And, yeah. you know, I've really learned that being in a relationship like the one I'm in now, uh-huh. where back then I was in just relationships that we were just kind of going with the flow mm-hmm. and stuff. And I'd end up getting burnt out mm. and no one is watching out for that part of me because not used to it or so whatever. Because yeah. they don't know it. Yeah. Because they don't know either. And so. you don't know it because you're learning as you go. Yeah. And it's supposed yeah. to be fun. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, fasting, fast forwarding from, you know, MySpace YouTube days early and stuff, like in 2014, like I really felt it. And I told, um, like I wrote a letter to my fans and stuff. I was like, dude, this might be the last shows that I do or I don't know what I'm doing you know I remember reading it yeah like that was a heavy letter but I just kind of let like the spirit write that I was just like I need to go with my heart and just write honestly right yeah and you did yeah and I did and you know that a lot of people knew about that letter and stuff and they started you know hitting me up like hey thanks for that reminder for me to look out myself and back then 2014 we weren't really even talking about like depression or mental health things like that at all it's crazy that it's kind of a new thing it is a very regular thing now this is so regular yeah that i've talked about self-care so much on this podcast and i started my podcast two almost two and a half years ago which is crazy your episode 101, by the way. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I never thought I'd be there. I started it for funsies like... Wow. Dude, Minge, that's amazing. Uh, how did we get here? It's the I same thing. It's like, how did you get to link your thousand scri- subscribers? And like you're like, how is yeah. this happening? Uh-huh. It's, 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 I was compelled to. I was. It's micro-movements. It's never like, oh, I'm going to set out to do 100 episodes. I was like, I'm going to do this one and see how it Dude, goes. Yeah, you could stop right now and be proud of what you got. I'm very proud. Yeah. And it's been very revealing to me. <laughs> I've had people who listen to all of them, and they're like, you've grown so much. And it's really crazy to have that documented. But also for me, uh, interesting. to see how much culturally things have changed, even from titles and topics of what I've discussed uh, over yeah, the, only the last two and a half sure. years is changed a lot yeah that is part of Mental our vocab health. yeah to be like self-care you know and when i say that to people if i you know being in la everyone's inviting you out and stuff yeah if you and i don't use it as an excuse ever i use it as like a real thing like dude i need to take this day to myself and stuff i haven't been really on a self-care tip people automatically understand now they're like yeah do you bro they're, yeah of course <laughs> like dude self-care i love that <laughs> When back then, they'd be like, come out. Just come out. What What's are you wrong talking with about? You? Yeah, like, what? You know, so I felt like in that letter, I was talking about mental health without ever calling it that. Yeah. Or, you know, a, a bur- it, I burned out, but I never said that, you know. Just yeah. like, I feel tired of doing this same You're thing. You're very vulnerable. Like, that's, but I think that's a signature thing 
to say honestly about like your your brand, the brand yeah, of yeah, AJ, yeah. that you again we're not consciously building. Uh, You're just uh-huh. being yourself, and I think that's also something I want to get your opinion on because like this whole shift that we are in now, now that influencers are a thing, that now people are brands, and now you know lifestyle and all this, all these categories and all these yeah. labels that we have now that exist that literally did not exist maybe even like handful of years ago. Yep. That are now a thing. But I just want to take a second to, to again, be your hype woman and praise the fact that your your brand and your music and yourself as a person was built on authenticity. Mm. And I think that's what I see what is so beautiful when I see your fans. Because, again, we're around a lot of different artists. Sure. And you see a lot of different interactions and people being like, oh, my God, it's like that. Yeah. But people feel like you're their friend. Mm-hmm. Like one hundred percent. There's a different thing of like, oh, that's a celebrity, and they they. I've seen people act like that around. It's the cutest thing ever. <laughs> when we were in line for Ronnie Chang's show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was literally there was a kid that walked past me, and he's like, oh my god, I just see Jim Like yeah, I couldn't like, even hear him through the squeaks, but yeah. I caught it. It was really cute. Yeah. But they also know that like you're. You are their guy. You're mm-hmm. not some like out of reach space cadet. <laughs> like you yeah, like, care. Man of the people. You yes. Know, I mean, I do realize that and acknowledge that that is, I guess, yeah, has been my quote unquote brand mm-hmm. that I've just been real with everybody and people feel like they know me. Like when I meet them, they hug me instantly opposed to, you know, trying to shake your know, hand yeah, trying awkwardly to shake my hand or, or just like keep or their be distance. cool, you know, like literally it's like instant hug, you know, and how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's, it's insane. Because then I, and then I'm even more intentional about what I say to them because I know that they'll take it to heart, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's only been in the last like four or five years that I've been really about that because, you know, when you start reading these, the fan letters are on posts and stuff like he touched my shoulder, then said I should keep singing because I told him I sing, you know, like things like that. So, you know, starting to be a little more, um, cognizant about the, the interactions I have with fans because I do know, especially now that I have built it on me being so open with them. Everyone knows my dad died. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows my mom got married recently. Mm -hmm. That's like the first thing they say. They don't even talk about my music. (laughs) It's like, congrats to your mom. You know what I mean? That's what I said to you recently. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's so true. The first thing I said. Yeah. Even with, with friends and stuff and they know that music is my main thing, but like, you know, they also know that I'm very real about, my family interactions and like how now I show how happy I am in a relationship when I never used to do that. You know what I mean? Like, that was such a, okay, can we take a second to talk about <laughs> our beloved Alyssa? Cause we love her so much. I know you love her a little bit more than I do, but <laughs> Alyssa is an amazing, amazing woman. And yeah, I had gotten to know you incrementally since, since the last 10 years, since 2011. And I had not ever seen this side of AJ. Because, you know, like, I think there were interactions before where you're like, oh, that girl's cute. Or, like, you said stuff like that where I was like, oh, is AJ dating anyone? Like, it wasn't in my consciousness. So yeah. then when Alyssa That's came around, it was like, bam. I was like, yo, my dude, AJ yeah. is in love. Like, this must be real thing. It was so heartwarming. You yeah. know, as a friend and as a fan, I was like super happy. It right, just right. it makes you happy when someone you're like you're you love yeah. loves. Yeah. It was great. Can you give us I could, I don't even know that origin story. Can you take a minute to introduce Alyssa to Yeah, us? sure. No, sure. Um I met Alyssa, who's my girlfriend now, at an audition for Disney because she was already working there at Disneyland. Yeah. It's crazy. So she 
is, I guess the technical term to say is that she's friends with Mulan, uh-huh. which, you know, technically she dresses up like her and sings <laughs> Reflection. Okay. But you have to say, you have to say she's friends with Mulan. Oh. That's like a Disney thing. Oh. So people so when who, you get in character, when you're you get saying, in character, you, you're I friends had no with them because idea. you don't become them. Okay. Even though technically to the, to your eyes. <laughs> to the audience. Yeah. To the audience. <laughs> uh, Alyssa is People Mulan. with the eyeballs. Okay. But, um, yeah, so she's friends with Mulan in this show called Mickey and the Magical Map. Okay. I was at this audition for this thing called Heritage Festival and we were both there. And, uh, I mean, she'll tell you a different perspective of this story. I want to hear her perspective. Yeah, I was, I was just sitting down and, and I don't know, I don't know who said hi first, but she did acknowledge that like, Hey, I, um, yeah, I I listened to your music or whatever. Uh Yeah. And you're AJ. Hi, what's up? How's it going? Or whatever. So we became friends after that, but I, I literally like, I didn't know her Twitter or anything. Uh So I freaking, (laughs) I searched my name without the quote or without the at. Uh-huh. Sign uh-huh. just AJ Raphael, uh-huh. which I have on my Twitter saved, so I could just click it and see if anyone's talking about me or whatever. And thankfully, thank God, she said, "Oh my God, so random!" Like AJ Raphael was at an audition today. Stop it! You Twitter stalked her. Yes, I, I did. love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought she was obviously, you know, very pretty, and I, um, I followed her. And then I was like, hey, if you need... Oh my you God, this slid is such into a her DMs? I did, I did. I slid into her DMs and I said such like a typical musician thing. Like, I was like, hey, if you ever need help with like a, your 16 bar cut or whatever, you know, I can... Nice. You know? That's like, gibberish <laughs> to me. But that's so cute. Yeah, like, so that I was like, I can record so a piano track or whatever. She has the receipts, man. It's so funny to look at this, this stuff. But that's so sweet. We were just friends for like two years after that. And oh. then... You know, and I had been in other relationships and stuff. And I don't know. It was just the timing Mm. that was right for both of us. Yeah. And but even in the beginning, we were like, hey, this is just like a fling, right? Like, I don't like we're literally talking in that way. Uh huh. And, and the uh, fling went on to like. And then the fling went on to, yeah, three and a half years. Three and a half years. Um, Yeah. She literally, you know, after all that talk and stuff, but it kind of changed obviously the way we interacted with each other. And she's mm-hmm. just like, Hey, I need you to like be my boyfriend or we need to not do this. Yes, girl. <laughs> so she asked me DTR just, that's, you know, she boundaries. real quick. You know what I mean? How quick was that into? No, no, it was, it was actually like the summer. Oh yeah. The summer. So, so September. <laughs> A while. That's a very long, prolonged um, <laughs> DTR. Ambiguous, yeah, DTR. Yeah, I, actually, I don't know if our timelines ever match up when when we talk about it. But like, I remember July Fourth, I had a show with with everybody in Hawaii and stuff. Like Wang Fu and David Choi and everybody were there in mm-hmm. June and stuff. And um, I remember FaceTiming her, and everyone's like, "Dude, are you guys dating or whatever?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're exclusive right now." <laughs> You know? I'm pretty sure. And then she brings up <laughs> July 4th and she's like, oh, I did July 4th. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, cute. I have so to get her side of the story. You now. have to. I need to understand how this went. <laughs> but that's so, I mean, okay, when you talk about timing, and this is, like, related to the all the tea that we're just like, again, just getting to know AJ because you're a freaking brilliant human. And also, <laughs> like, the, the career, like, timing, there's a lot that you're juggling, right, as a so person yeah. and as a creative person. And you're talking even about just lifestyle differences, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
Because at the time when you guys started dating, she wasn't, because she's been working at uh, the company that she's at yeah. more recently. Yeah. So prior so to she, that, was well, she, she always was, a nine to five girl? She was getting out of college mm-hmm. at the time that we started, you know, dating and stuff. And she's always known that that is her, like, that is her thing. Like, she very wants, much wants, like, security, stability. So working like a corporate job. Yeah, like a corporate job is like, you know, that's the end goal. But she also still has this amazing creative and talented side. Yes. You know, obviously she sings. You have to audition to be in the show. Mm -hmm. And you have to beat out so many people. Hell yeah. There's only like five or six Mulan's in that show. Right. To be a friend of Mulan. (laughs) Yeah. It's no easy task. No easy task. Um, Okay. So it's cool that there is this balance because she understands and knows that I'm a musician and Mm -hmm. that that takes a lot and she's honed her craft too in her own way. Yeah. But also that she has this like, you know, corporate nine to five type structure. Yeah. You know, that helps her really like, yeah, talk about like the self-care days and stuff. And when I should also, you know, maybe think about taking a vacation and stuff. And we go places where I usually only visit places if I have work related things because they're gonna fly me out yeah but it's like it's so different when you are like spending money on taking a real vacation without doing work thank you it's very different because people look at that they'll say like i traveled a ton for a collab and i'm grateful for all of of it i got to be in so many different cities and different venues and experience awesome things but it is very different to go for work yeah it's a different mode it's a different Different mindset mindset And different time, like, I don't have to, I would take, like, a half day to maybe go see something cool in that local area. And experience, like, food and stuff, like, all of it. It's great. It's so great. But I didn't feel like I was there. I still had to, like, have a schedule (laughs) and get back. And Dude, I feel you. And and me also being naturally, like, a homebody and stuff, I'd take those trips and make it as short as I can Mm -hmm. to come back. To come back home. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, it's so different, you know, when you're like, all right, let's, you know, let's spend... Five days in Hawaii, like straight up, like and on enjoy your own, yourself and enjoy yourself and yeah, you know you spent money on this certain flight, so you're like taking advantage of certain things, yeah, you know, all the free drinks or whatever. It's like it's such a different mindset, as you said. Yeah. So I really appreciate that she has kind of brought that out of me. Yeah. And um, it's a good balance. It totally is. Yeah. It totally is, man. So I mean, to bring it back to why you are so surprised, mm-hmm. like my literally my past relationships have just been kind of like. Like I said earlier, go with the flow or, um, and not that I ever wanted my partner back then to just do what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what it ended up being because my life is so, I don't know, it's extravagant and crazy all like for five days straight or whatever, and then can be, you know, nothing for the next month and I don't know when my next show is. Right. You know I mean? like, and going back to like lifestyle, you're talking about how we even touched upon it earlier about like money and budgeting, like yeah. how it is a completely different lifestyle, right? Like that hustle, you know, those who, who navigate that and do it in any sustainable fashion is like props. I have so much respect. It's not easy. So can you, 
I'm curious what your hustle has been because right. I'm sure it's changed over the years. It has. Because when you were like, there was that YouTube boom, yeah. right? Which was like everyone was touring the and renaissance, like. Renaissance. Right. I like to call it. And charging hella money because I remember because like we're <laughs> collaboration trying to get a YouTube and we're like, yeah. sure. The fees? <laughs> it, well, it was crazy. I think back then too, I, I, I realize now, but back then it's like if you get paid by a certain organization or a college, mm-hmm. this certain fee. You kind of think it's going to be the same all around, you know. Mm-hmm. I have some friends who did American Idol, mm-hmm. who coming out they're you know getting, you know, x amount of thousands of dollars per show, like and ten thousand, right? And yeah. then asking a college or an org to give that to you, yeah, it's so different for sure. But it's it's almost not. It's it's hard to put the blame on us as people who are hustling because we didn't have i don't know agents or people to compare to we're just making up numbers right and be like can you afford this and they're like nah so they ask the next person and you're like suddenly out of a gig right so true it was weirdly competitive without us knowing it was that and i and that obviously came after the the renaissance where like our videos are getting popular us and our friends and we're playing shows together we yeah benefit shows and stuff we see each other all the time yeah then it had to go to a place where it was like okay we need to make our own money clara starts going on tour david goes on a tour these look like really legit tours yeah and i'm still over here like you know looking at them i'm like how did they get a tour that looks so freaking legit yeah you know what i mean because yeah. i'm still here like back home doing this thing then you start comparing yourself to people and for sure that's literally what had happened. So I'm so glad that my life has some kind of, I don't know, format uh-huh. these days. That's the good. Couple of years. Did Alyssa help with that? Or is that something that you just learned? I mean, it's probably all converged, I'm guessing. It, it has converged. And yeah, she obviously helps me with plans and stuff. I did a vision board for the first time this year. Like, I Yes, never, there's mine right there. Yeah, I seen it earlier. <laughs> yeah, I never would even think to do that. You know, I don't know, maybe I'll write on an Excel sheet, like what I want to do. Well, I had heard about it, but it felt like I'm a very woo woo person. I'm very spiritual. I believe in like manifesting a lot. Yeah. It might be the password to my uh, Wi-Fi, but, <laughs> uh, but, it, but I, even when I did it, there was like a, a little bit of self, like eye roll to myself. I'm like, girlfriend, are you really? Doing yeah, like, I feel, of course, because it's a little like, really? Yeah. There's little things that, I mean, but, those things, like, if you were looking at it every day, it kind of is just... They work. <laughs> it freaking works, you they know? Work. So, I guess to answer your question about, you know, my lifestyle now versus back then is that... Um, and this is just to be real, too, because for me as a musician, YouTube ad revenue is not as much as it was, like, back then. For sure. It's probably under $1,000. Can't even count on that money. Mm-hmm. So, when people say that I am a YouTuber, mm-hmm. I am... But also not in the sense where, say, someone like, um, I don't know, Alex Wasabi or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, he's doing videos constantly. Um, all the the content is original content, so he's monetizing on that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't say this for sure, but he probably is making his living and can off YouTube ad revenue alone. Alone, yeah. Alone, like, you know what I mean? So it's a different path because I see all of these things. So when I started not having as much YouTube ad revenue, luckily for me, then streaming became like a thing where like my music, instead of just like the one-time purchase Mm -hmm. and I'm getting all this money at once. Like when Red Roses came out in 2011, my album, my first album, I received all this money 
at once. Because people were buying the album. They're buying the album. From $10. What, iTunes? Or, yeah, iTunes. Yeah. yeah. Luckily for me, it got released physically in Target, you know, these these places, which was unheard of. That was amazing. Yeah, that yeah. was like... That's a freaking moment right there. It really was. Yeah. You know, the, the Target people took a chance on me because, you know, 30,000 albums try to get into Target every day. Back then, anyway. I don't know how it is now. Um, but someone at the top was like, I've seen these videos. Family guy. Mm-hmm. Family values. It's mm-hmm. like, what? I was like, thank God I never cursed in any of my videos. You know? And in person, it's a little, I mean, when we're just getting barbecued. When we're just, yeah, when we're drinking, it's yeah. different. Um, but, you know, I was blessed in that sense. So I made over 100 grand in like the first couple of years. Wow. From album sales. From album sales. And, I, well, that's like on my taxes, right? right. Like gross or whatever. Uh-huh. And that might have been two years or whatever. I don't know exactly what it is now, but I don't know where that money is now. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like. It all just like existed and then. It existed. I could have invested in a house or something. And obviously I paid off, you know, I helped pay my musicians and stuff. And I mean, back then with Jesse Barrera, who produces now, Mm -hmm. we didn't even work out a thing where he would get a percentage of that stuff. I just paid him a fee per song. You know what I mean? Where nowadays. To help protect him if a song blows up or whatever. Yeah. I give him uh, like 10 or more points on my song. Right. You know what I mean? Like now we're thinking about these things and like how to help protect each other because now I look back, I'm like, where did that $100,000 go? Yeah. So nowadays I'm a little more just like still trying to be organized with my money, but also know that, yeah, I'm not going to be making a lot of YouTube ad revenue. I'm making an X amount on Spotify that could go away yeah i mean we don't know yeah luckily for me it's been like consistent over the last couple years because people still listen to red roses you know thanks to the streaming culture and stuff that you'll listen to it online Mm -hmm. and not even download it to your phone and have it not count for a stream you know what i mean See, there's so many rules too that and that that i i understand has changed too because again how the platforms you have gone through again so many variations oh of like God. all the rules and the algorithms and and honestly just like the reality of this is just reality is that other people enter the market right like you <laughs> so true you you were it, you were the OG class and I for in in my mind in my heart it is like that's a sacred place like I already have like for you and Kina David Claire yeah. like it is a very key part of like that mm. time capsule in my heart cool. And then also time passes and then more people enter. More people are entering. More people enter. And now it's like YouTube, yeah, it's unless you are getting, you're very consistent, you have a gigantic following and a gigantic, you know, subscribership and viewership. Yeah, it's not what it used to be. It literally just isn't because there are way more players in the game and there's only so much time in the day and so many And they look at it in that business mindset. Right. You know, which is like. I'm only getting really into that kind of mindset now, like how I'm going to secure, I don't know, a future family and stuff. I'm thinking about if I get married, when I get married to Alyssa, you know, and like having a family, I'm like, that just made me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, dude, like I have to have some stuff secured. You know what I mean? And obviously she'll support me in whatever I do, Mm -hmm. but you know, I wasn't thinking back then. So this brings me to, um, kind of the new players, even though we're the same age. So I remember when Jason Chen was thinking about coming into YouTube Mm -hmm. because coming into YouTube as you know, that's a very general term, but he meant like quitting his job and doing music full time. Mm -hmm. You know, he really asked me what his, what my 
the opinion was. Yeah. You know? And I was like, dude, yeah, you should definitely do it. Yeah. You know, and but he has a different mindset where like he had a job. I think he was like an accountant. Yeah. What was Jason's? Either job? an accountant or like he was in the pharmacy business, something like that. Where like I remember he had a ball and ass car and stuff, and like he really knew how his money and stuff. But he was just recording a few YouTube videos here and there, and, and some of them would go viral and stuff. I was like, dude, of course you should. You yeah. know, in my mind. But he had to ask like twenty people who were doing in the business and like had talks with them and stuff. Like. Mm-hmm what should I do to like, should I quit my job and do music? He obviously ended up doing it, but he had a different mindset than I can't speak for everyone, but at least for me, yeah, who's been doing it. Like, I don't know since it's birth, like since the birth and, uh, maybe in a way where I'm like, I'm going to let my heart lead me and stuff yeah, and yeah. not my brain and yeah. not think of, Oh, AJ, you, you know. and I are, are so... <laughs> no, right? Yeah. That's the, the journey. Our hearts really lead... Our passion, our vision, our, our heart. It. Yeah. And if that causes us sometimes, and I know I can, you know, we've talked about this, like if that leads us to some kind of financial burdens we have or, you know, some dips, really low dips yeah. where we're feeling like, shit, do we do this? Yeah. Are we still going to do this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do we give up? Do we give up? And that comes from us, you know, we've been doing it for so long, so, and it's been working in that way. But then you got someone like Jason or anybody who else is super business mindset, mm-hmm. and they'll never get into that dip because they know what their, I don't know, what their box is and like where they'll let themselves go. Right. They set parameters. They set parameters and stuff. And that's what I felt like was missing. And, and maybe if I had that, had my, would, would my career keep growing? Maybe. Who knows? Like at a faster rate? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. But then I think of what was meant to be. And like, maybe I did have to kind of do this kind of slower growth as, as far as numbers is concerned. You right, know? right, right, right. Um, to learn certain things. I don't know, to meet Alyssa when I did or, you know, for the We Own the Eighth community, for me to have the time to, to do that, to harbor that. Yeah. Like these things wouldn't have happened if... Maybe I was like shooting for the stars or whatever, right? Or like shooting as fast as I could. That's and that's the the different approaches that again people can take to anything, right? Like you can be super business minded and strategic, but that's also the interesting part of like, especially in a creative field, right? To me, being being the idealist and the heart centered person that I am, having the heart not be the forefront of what you're doing yeah. to me feels like wrong and opposite. Sure. I'm sure I'm proven wrong in a lot of cases. Sure. You know what I mean? But, like, it matters a lot to me. That's just something that I value and I think registers in the things that you create. Yeah. When things I create, this is where the Hollywood label gets, like, gets its label. That negative connotation of it's manufactured, it's meant to be consumed. It's a, it's a product, it's not art. Right. And there's a difference when you approach things of like, this is my truth. And this is comes from like something that I experienced, my pain, your experience with like your father, like you sharing who you are versus like something that, you know, the fans are like, I'm curious how you deal with that, because that goes back to the branding thing. Yeah, because people see what works at this point. It's such a weird world we live in that we've had so much data, so much quantifiable, like. That's what just blows my mind. My mm-hmm. brother and I were talking about it. He's like, literally for the last X number of years that Twitter's been around, you could slice humanity at any second and like see what was trending 
at that time. That's really interesting. You know what I mean? We could kind of quantifiably see this is what mattered to people yeah, on yeah. this day. And like what songs and what dances yeah. and the words yeah. that people use. How did we talk about XYZ? Um, I, for me, yeah, when you're talking about how to balance that thing with like being yourself and then, but also knowing. So for me as a musician, my perspective is like there are some like musicians who just look at the charts mm-hmm. and are like, I'll choose this one because it's number one. Yeah. And then they look at other countries. I'll do this one. And it's number one or whatever. Yeah. But then when I was doing that, I was trying to maybe copy that template. Like, yeah. and if I wasn't feeling a song and I started like trying to play it on the piano and stuff, I'm like, this doesn't even sound right with my voice or I, my heart is not in it. Mm-hmm. And when I, I do, like I was thinking about like how I put Justin Bieber songs out when it was popular and stuff. I'm like, why didn't the things you think would go like quote unquote viral or whatever, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. but almost sometimes the audience can see right through you and they know that you're, this is not a song that you're enjoying. Yeah. So that, you know, that's a musician's kind of an artist take on, on what that balances. I do think there is a little compromise that you have to do as far as like, if you're trying to do something consistent, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe you do have to kind of do the song. I don't do it anymore, though. I, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But may, five years ago, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I'm not really feeling this song, but it's really hot right now. I should do it. Because it's the right. job. Because that's the job. Yeah. So there still is a huge balance with what I do when it comes to quality and consistency mm-hmm. that I can, it's really hard for me to find. So one thing that... I, that um, I did two years ago. I started this thing called January, and I I loved it. Yeah, I released a you know a video every single day, and that taught me that balance because there are some things that you have to just kind of put out, yeah, and not think about too much. And those are they do well, and you're like, wow, that was cool because I just knew? kind of just did it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And obviously, I was kind of burnt out after that, and like barely <laughs> uploaded that year after that, you know. But like, it taught me a lot, and I saw my numbers growing and stuff. Consistency, yeah, consistency with, and then you know, the freaking algorithm is like, the more you're posting, the more you'll show up in search results, and yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, there's like all these strategies or whatever. But for me, I had to go and prove it and see if it actually worked for my channel because I was at a plateau of like six hundred thousand subscribers for like four years Mm. and I never saw a growth so when I did the thing January and this is like freshly kind of coming out of my hiatus too yeah so there was a different kind of like excitement in me that people different version of you yeah that people could see so you can again to me you can feel it because that's why I think it's such an interesting and again it's not to discourage anybody from pursuing I'm like I'm kind of like PK PK when I told him I wanted to be an actor he's like you finish school and you get a job like, <laughs> I, I do like I put it out there as a loving pushback of like how much do you want it because this is a lot and it's better information for you to know all these these nuances of yeah, yeah, yeah. this path uh-huh because your past will not be the same as yours and you know we'll all have our different experiences but if you can be better informed and understand this is as much of a job as it is passion that there are things that you have to do that you don't like doing right and if you know stakes get higher when you're older we're realizing this with high cholesterol and whatnot <laughs> like <laughs> there there are different things that become important and you don't have the same amount of energy or the same drive every day there's it's just not that's not how it's not gonna function. happen like that it and, just doesn't you know yeah. i realized this in the past couple of years getting more into you know 
acting world as you're in mm-hmm. and doing auditions and stuff that you like my agent would like literally get mad at me if I didn't go to this thing. Mm-hmm. But I was like, dude, I know I'm not right for this yeah. or whatever, you know, but it's like, dude, you have to go to show up in front of that casting director yep. because he's doing other stuff. I'm like, shit. Okay. Well, so I started seeing it more with that world and started realizing like, yeah, there, if you want to take this path, yeah. you got to do some things that you're going to drive out an hour for and like see them for five freaking minutes just for less the opportunity. Than. Less than sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And wait for an hour. And wait and with the, in the line and you maybe see people you know and stuff and yeah. you're like, oh my God. And then you see they booked it or whatever, you know. So I start feeling it a lot more diving into this world. Welcome, AJ. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) And props to you. Well, it's funny. I actually did an episode a couple of weeks ago with my roommate called Fuck Your Feelings, Just Do It. Uh, Because he's an actor. He has like a tech corporate background, but he's an actor. And he's, he's mainly talking about your job is to audition. Your job is like if he's saying if your goal, if the thing that you want is to be an actor or a singer or again, even an accountant or whatever, any path requires you to do stuff and you're not feeling, maybe some days you're anxious, sometimes you're burnt out, sometimes you're like yeah. resentful and, you know, annoyed and like, oh, I have to drive an hour and I have to wait an hour and they only see <laughs> yeah, yeah, me 30 yeah. uh-huh, seconds. Uh-huh. Like, they don't matter. <laughs> like, right. to touch upon that aspect of it, at the end of the day, it's like what matters more and like, you're, in that case, your feelings, they can't matter. Like, yeah. you just gotta do it. That's the thing, so... I don't know, man. It it sucks sometimes, but being in a field like this where, you know, the payoff, not even just financially or whatever, but, you know, booking that role that really fulfills your soul or whatever, like yeah. the payoff can be huge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like you are going through these things that may not be, um, I don't know, as structured or whatever as like a nine to five, you know what I mean? Things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the risk that we take and the sacrifices we we make um they can pay off really big yeah in the end you know yeah. and also financially you know there's like a lot of money in entertainment in general high risk high reward yeah exactly with no guarantees that's right the with the no high guarantees ri- high risk yeah so yeah you know i don't know still gotta go for it yeah before we wrap up i'm curious to talk to you real quick well because you touched upon it lightly I, like the competitiveness I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. And secondly, you are like, it's being a public figure. Your life has been very, like you're sharing all this stuff about really personal parts of you, which I appreciate. And I feel that same way. I'm like talking about really, really personal things on this podcast on a regular basis. It feels bizarre because like people listen and they're like, oh my God, that's all out there. Um, So I'm curious, like, yeah, how do you deal with like those dips and the competition and the FOMO or whatever? And then also just like being out there so much and being seen and and in a lot of ways very vulnerable i know that like you volunteer for that but also you do it and then you don't even realize you're doing it sometimes i know man it's all out there man i know it's yeah you still have to watch out for yourself and and try to keep things keep some things private Mm -hmm. i guess if you can Mm -hmm. you know like i kind of when I share my story, I do like let everybody know everything. So in turn, yeah, that fan experience is a little different and like they really feel, and even in my shows and stuff, I always, you know, right before I play the song without you, I go into either I talk about, you know, Asian American representation or I talk about how, um, you know, 
uh, this fan with cancer who ended up passing away. I got to meet her and this song meant a lot to her Mm -hmm. or how music is universal and stuff. So I do realize that I am inviting that kind of uh, interaction to me after the show when someone's like breaking down and crying to me. And it's a lot. And it's a lot. And then it can be heavy for me. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, holy crap. Now I kind of feel a responsibility to, you know what I mean? So real. It's crazy. So yeah. You know, I, maybe I still don't have a, a, a balance of, but I just know that I'm meant to, sh- in the mo- in that moment, I'm like, if I played this whole show and this one person came up to me and said, dude, you changed my life with what you just said, you know what I mean? Then I played that whole show for that one person, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm starting to accept that a little more. Right. And like, you know, if me and Alyssa or whatever don't go with some plan that we had planned and we end up at a restaurant which has happened literally like and I meet a fan who like freaks out and their mom's like you don't know how much this means you or whatever you know I'm like oh that's why we didn't end up going to Disneyland today you know what I mean Like, like truly that's that's how I feel these days um so and then bringing it back to you know the dips and like the comparison stuff and man that really was hard. Like in 2014, when I wrote that letter, like there were, I was kind of hinting towards it, Mm -hmm. but like, I really was talking about, um, my friend Tori Kelly and how she was really blown up at the time. And I was also kind of referencing like us, the duo who I, um, I introduced them to each other and, you know, then they start going on these talk shows and stuff. And, you know, like I really felt like it was hard for me. This is my first time in saying this. Um, but like with those artists specifically who are really good friends of mine, mm-hmm. you know, um, I didn't want to feel jealous, yeah. you know, and yeah. that, that was really hard. And I never had, I kind of briefly talked about it with Tori recently mm. about how that time was like really tough because I was being associated with her and we're singing a lot of songs and you know and she blew up and it was just like I didn't know if you were going to change as a person mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um we were recently watching an old video of ours and Andre her husband was like what did you feel in this moment and what can you tell yourself at this moment in time and I said um I said to them out loud I was just like I wish I wasn't so worried about if if this Tori was going to change or if this was my last time getting to be this close with her, like on a music level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, that's so honest. Yeah. It was so honest and we just like hugged it out and stuff. And you know, at the end of the day, I think what I've been learning recently is that we're all people, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And even someone like Andre, who he doesn't do music or anything, but we, we so connect on other levels and, I think that's what it's been in the last couple of years. It's like, it's not just the music relationship you have with this person, you know? Like, yeah. I know that what me and you, our relationship has, have is much more than, you know, the community stuff that we've been doing, you know, like we care for each other as, as people. So when yeah. it comes down to it, you know, you really just gotta, I don't know if I've went off topic or anything, mm-hmm. but like talk, like connecting with, with people mm-hmm. for past what they do yeah that is really i don't know that's what the payoff or that's what the 
goal is. Yeah, I agree. And and I think maybe it takes a lot of twists and turns to get to that conclusion. It does. I do think that it does come with age. Yeah. In a way, or at least experience. Maturity. Yeah. Yeah, Slash maturity. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the wise, the wise conclusion. Yeah. That's the wise outlook on what that all is. Because it's like, why was I, why have I been kind of bitter towards this person's career? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe I never took the time to get to know them as a person. This goes, like what I'm talking about with like loneliness, it is an inherent part of human psyche to compare and look around. Totally. And there's a lot of ways that people can be lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and the comparison part, some ways can be a good sharpening tool. Like, like oh, they, they killed it in this. And like, I want to I do something like that. Totally. And in a, in a constructive way, drive you to have a healthy competition. But in other ways, it can really just be destructive and like oh, totally. bear you in a freaking hole of yeah. despair of like, <laughs> I'll never be good enough. And it's a double-edged sword, you know what I mean? It totally so, is. So I think with all that said is like, you know, maybe when I was in that comparison hall and stuff, I was just like, shit, I just got to take a long ass big break. Good for you. You know, which was cool. But it also could be cool these days if I am feeling that at all mm-hmm. to just take a couple of days off as if I do have a corporate job or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, let me, it was so hard to get used to Alyssa having to like take days off like in advance i'm like what do you mean like you need more than two months you have to let someone know yeah like what you guys have to trade like know what holidays you guys are taking off like that's insane you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. nowadays i'm like dude if i were to take smaller breaks and like some mental health days yeah maybe i wouldn't have taken that long ass break and and been so deep in my hole mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. we're like now i can just like take small breaks and be like look i'm gonna play all these shows um which next this weekend it starts nice where i'm doing you know a show a weekend for the next i don't know 12 weeks which is freaking so crazy congrats but, like, but during the weekdays i'm freaking not doing shit you're gonna decompress, <laughs> decompress your life dude. and self-care, self-care to the max oh and and I want to say too because this is the this is the default like response I have to like hearing what you're going through which I relate to so much of that downward spiral and whatever you know that negative mm-hmm. energy yeah. how quickly it can gain momentum and like take you to places you're like you're like I didn't sign up for this why am I here yeah yeah but I feel very protective of you I feel very protective of friends um, I think some people can look at all this stuff and again not in a malicious way but they look at all the the perks and the and the pros you're and right. not recognize like how much it can take a toll even emotionally like I 1000% know how you feel about somebody kind of handing their heart over to you. And that's a, it's, it's a sacred, beautiful thing. And I've had people open up some of the deepest, like I've talked about like my me too story. I've talked about a lot of things very openly and I have therefore welcomed a lot of that response because I'm putting it out there, but man, it is a lot, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's up to us to like self protect, but also like as friends, we like got to protect each other. And that's what I do see within so the, within like true friends, we get protective of like, yo, it's a lot. And so yeah. you take your time. Yeah. And I feel protective of my friends and be like, they're tired, leave them alone. And like, 
I don't know, at shows and things at collab, yeah, I've always been <laughs> ready to like pull people aside if if I see that it's getting to be too much. Because I've definitely seen variations in a lot of like every performer. You can just see they kind of reach a a, a point and yeah, they're like you can kind of see it in their face. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. And it does sound like, I guess on the outside, like a first world problem type yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. like it, No, it really if you are a real artist or have real passion for what you do Mm -hmm. it's going to affect you emotionally Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like in your relationships and things like that it it's almost impossible to separate the two you know that's why maybe sometimes i feel like people who are too business-minded and don't do things with their heart like it's hard for me to find and this is just honestly speaking like a respect for them in that way Mm. you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. that's caused me maybe to like I don't know, not re- like, like look at their hustle and be like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, but who am I to judge at the same time? You can have because- an opinion though. I think you have a place to have an opinion because you've been doing the freaking thing sure. for the over a decade. You know what I mean? Sure. I would say that your opinion on that to me has more weight, weight. <laughs> than <laughs> somebody who's just like a bystander. They don't even know what that life is like. Right. Right. I think there is a difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But as you, yeah, at the end of the day, thank you. Yeah. At the end of the day, as you touched, it can be, it can be heavy. Yeah. It can be really, really heavy. And I think maybe a lot of people who are thinking about being a, a YouTuber or a creative or an artist, you know, influencer, which is one of the most, (laughs) I know it's so easy to talk about word. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, the influencer business is so. It makes sense for it's brands so to lucrative. invest. Yeah, like let's invest in this person who has "quote unquote" influence on this person. Yeah, but you just hope and pray that they use it for good and to be a good role model. And because I do understand the artist mindset of like I'm going to do whatever I do because I th- that's me. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And not think of the influence that you have on a young person. For you sure. know what I mean? But also, yeah, I guess it's not your responsibility. But at the same time, I is it though? <laughs> I, I know, I don't know. I, I, yeah. There's a fine line, I guess, to what, like, yeah, your parents should teach you right from wrong or whatever. So if you're saying like, go jump off that cliff, you know, hopefully that your followers don't know. But there's such a, a blurred line now between reality and like, and and these people that they look up to. It's hard for even parents to like to monitor. Right. All that stuff. It's damn near impossible. I mean, when I think about the things that influenced me just from pop culture alone, my parents were working. You know what I'm saying? Right. Until so between media. three to six, I was unsupervised. And yeah. that's that's another thing. Like, my mom, we've literally talked damn. about. She's <laughs> yeah, like, maybe I, I, you know, there's so many things that could have been prevented if I had been there. But they were working their butts off to afford an expensive house in Cupertino so we could go to good schools. You know, like, that yes. was their trade-off. And yeah. there's part of me that's like, well, I like what I learned through those dips and like all those mistakes. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. are uh, more costly than others, but <laughs> you know, that's what makes us human. So in light of the fact it is, I, I want to put it out there. You know, I don't feel like I'm ever going to stop an Instagram model from, from getting that money, from getting, getting that money. But I do think it goes us to uh, us as consumers too, as to like. We're all creating and consuming at the same time. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. field you're in. Yeah. And to be conscious of it. Yep. Leads to different outcomes versus not being conscious so of it. So true. Like it's. Period. Yeah. It's cool to be more aware and more considerate yeah. of 
the lane you're going in and, you know, you doing your research on people who've come before you and things like that, like that all comes into the way you, um, do your thing and, and, in in doing that, influencing other people. For sure. Yeah. It's, what a freaking wild <laughs> thing we're in. I saw you just post about like, who's influential now? Cause I don't have TikTok or whatever. I just started <laughs> getting into TikTok and oh, I it's think such you'd be a, great on it. it's such a weird An interesting universe that anybody, anyone can go viral at any time. That's why I'm scared. (laughs) That's the crazy part is that, you know, people with a hundred followers, one of their videos can do so well, like a million or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, maybe they think that they have like the power Mm -hmm. or that's what is really scary. Because I also think about when I was, you know, I'm bringing back like 2006, 2007, 2008. And now I'm getting all this attention from girls and stuff that I maybe never used to have. And like things like that, like me being semi-popular at that point because of MySpace and stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's happening to kids even younger. For real. Like that is kind of scary. That terrifies me. This is why I'm having this conversation. And look, you know what? We as a human, as a human race are all evolving. I think we can collectively say we have a different level of awareness about a lot of issues that 10, 15, 20 years ago, our parents' generation was irrelevant, not even a thing. Like they they wouldn't even think about that. They would never think about it. They never could foresee what we are dealing with now. Never in a million years. So I think it's a constant evolution. I think we need to give ourselves a little bit of credit that we have come a long way, but things are crazy too. And if we like ignore that (laughs) and just like act like things are going to sort themselves out, like, yo, we just like diving into chaos. You know what I mean? So I do, I feel very protective. Like my, my mama bear, uh, yeah, you are very mama bear. Like, to all the artists who've done your show even just once. <laughs> I just want to I just want to I just want to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. Because I do see value in the things that we're creating and value in human beings. Like I like a lot of people more than some others, but like Donald <laughs> yeah, Trump just can go eat real. a dick, but um, right. like yeah, you know That's the thing. And then people fall thing. into you know the fake stuff that's going out there and all the misinformation and stuff and you you just think like, man, the people who, who have that awareness, like you just hope that they're outputting, you know, the positive and the, the factual stuff out there yeah. because that's all we can do because there's always going to be that group of people like say, I guess, blind Trump supporters, like who really don't even know why they're supporting Trump yeah. and stuff. They'll just put out random stuff. crap out there. Like, yeah. like random shit and oh my god like like, how did we get here (laughs) what a crazy evolution that has been as you're saying like with all the data that's coming out and the accessibility to Mm -hmm. to everything right that we have now and so it's not to say i guess it's finding that balance of like responsibility and not like you can't control everything but to remove your ability to influence that immediate group of people that you kick it with yeah. or your friends or yeah, your yeah, co-workers. Yeah, yeah. I'm big on that because I'm like, yeah, like we're in the age of micro influencers. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you could have a million followers and then like, are they people going to listen to what you're saying? No, not necessarily. They just think yeah. you have a nice butt. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. but like for somebody, everybody has their circle of influence. So, you know, we're, we've been talking a lot about the industry side and like the ins and outs and all the tea. There's still even more. I still have a lot more questions for you. So we can do like a part two. <laughs> I know we should. But, uh, but it is to also come back to like on the real, 
there's a lot that we're doing on a daily basis to like maneuver and shift things and everything. yeah and like, with, i'm very holistic about this stuff with people who are like not in the industry right and like your family and close friends and stuff and everything that you're dealing with as a youtuber influencer artist i think i met a like transfer all of that every person is dealing with that in their, in version. their own way yeah. yeah so there's like your unique experiences but i feel like it's all relatable Right, right. Yeah. And, and that, in turn, I think is why you know, you're t- saying how my fan base is just so different. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're at shows and stuff, and they're, like, streaming stuff, like, they really feel like they can relate to me, mm-hmm. you know? And that they know you. And- yeah. Yeah. That is, at, like, relating to, and even though my journey is, like, somewhat different, like, my version of what I went through maybe will relate to their own thing. For sure. That they went through. For so sure. they're, like... Dude, I, I know how that pain feels. Then yeah. you feel more connected to people. And that's the funny oxymoron thing that we're seeking in this highly <laughs> digital world. I know. And man. this is what I want people to feel. Like the reason why I created this podcast and why I'm so glad that like a friends like you are able to like sit with me and be in physical face to face interaction. But provided digitally, this is, I think they go hand in hand and it's really beautiful. It's really powerful that people around the world could like listen to our conversation while we're just sitting here in my room and just talking. talking. Uh, I think that's incredible. But like, this is still really the most important thing to me that we get to like sit here and talk is at the end of the day, the most important thing. Just like, I'll record it and put it on the world and see if it, you know, strikes the nerve or anybody relates. We all love listening. I like have this weird addiction to like NBA radio and stuff and watching and hearing what they have to say about a certain thing that I already just watched. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Like, and you agree with them. You're like, yeah, I thought the same thing, but you still keep listening like, to yeah. it. Yeah. It could be super simple and like non, like inconsequential <laughs> random thing. Right. Like I liked his tie too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like that's really cool. You and I get it. And that <laughs> comes down to you connecting with another human and, and their perspectives on things. And yeah. Listening to why they didn't like something or it's weird. We live in a crazy world, man. We're just sitting here in LA, like having conversations about how we're all connected because we are. Um, are. And I'm really grateful that this was like kind of the follow up conversation to my episode on loneliness. It's not all just negative, but it's like thinking about this. People call it like a pandemic. This is like the age of feeling really lonely. Yeah. Um, And we just need to peel back the layers and remember that we're all people. And that. Did you guys talk about comparison and stuff? It was just me by myself. You? Yeah. Oh, just. did you guys, as in your sad yeah, self? Yeah, all of my self? all of my personalities. Yeah, we all uh, convened. <laughs> it's just me by myself. <laughs> Trust me, there's enough voices in my head. That's like uh, no, we could say we. Yeah, the comparing thing, man. Like that can really. And nowadays, it's so easy because yeah. of Instagram and stuff. And yeah, you'll just feel it by yourself, and that's why you know it was interesting when we asked my mom if she's ever been depressed you know and she's been through so much and you know her first husband passed away um her second husband which was my dad passed away yeah i didn't know that until your your story about her wedding that she was married to someone before your dad i didn't know that right yeah this is her third marriage but even in between she had a partner who was in a huge accident who's been in who was in my life for a long time too. Uh-huh. And like Justine even called him dad and stuff. And he's, he's in vegetative state still. Like, oh my I know God. it's like, she's been through so much and I'm sure she has been depressed. I can't really, really speak on that, but she literally told us, and I don't mean to 
even say this in a way where it offends people who have been depressed, but she has straight up said, I didn't have time to be depressed. Mm. You know, it's like a different mindset back then, like mm. being an immigrant and stuff and like doing all these Three things. Three babies too. Yeah. Like Relying she didn't have, maybe she back then, cause you know, especially Asian families they don't talk about mental health and stuff like that. Like right. she didn't get to put a label on it yeah. and say that I was depressed. Yeah. But in her mind now, she's like, I didn't have time to even think about that because yeah, I got to raise my children. She's handling and, like, life. Yeah. Handling life yeah. and stuff, you know? And I mean, thankfully she got through and she's so happy now. And like, and we're all happy because you get to have an audience that gets to like live, like tune in on that. It was like root for us and stuff. Yeah. It was really special. All the dancing was amazing. Like I wish Korean people danced more at weddings (laughs) because they don't. Dude. Yeah. Filipino weddings are like insane. I mean, I feel like they're next level. It's like, it's like Indian dance, like Indian weddings. Like they party. Oh yeah. And they have like multiple weddings. Multiple days. It's all crazy. So crazy. But it's good. It's a reminder life is to be celebrated. Yeah. And, you know, there's can be the FOMO and all that stuff. But, like, oh, it's a beautiful thing. I'm glad that you got to share that and that your fans got to celebrate with you. Because yeah. that was, like, a beautiful, beautiful moment. Totally. It's very cool when, even when I was taking that hiatus, that people were, like, rooting for me for stuff on a just a personal person level. Yeah. And they're like, that's really cool that you did that. It has nothing to do with my music, which is probably why you followed me in the first place. But that's what's cool about having the access to like people you follow or whatever. I'm I'm big fans of so many people. And when I see them doing something that is like, like getting married or having a kid and stuff, you're like really genuinely happy for that person. For sure. Yeah. And that's I think that's, again, we can close on that. It's the plus side to all of this. Um, we get more access, even though there can be like the sad byproducts and all this other yeah, stuff, uh-huh. which is normal. We live in life and it's full of weird dualities. But right. the plus is we get to see more of people's lives, their creativity. And hopefully to remind us to celebrate those things to yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. What and is that your takeaway, AJ, at this moment? I was a key I, well, takeaway. I, I was thinking, like, what are we gonna name? What are you gonna name this? I don't know. Episode. We've I don't talked know. About so many things. Yeah. But I think, yeah, like having all this access and being able to follow people and and see their journey and stuff. I hope that can just remind you to also like reflect on your journey and be proud of that things that you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, nurse, still in school and stuff, and you you're happy for somebody and you look at your life and be like, dude, I'm so happy I got through that test or whatever. Yeah. You know I mean, like that stuff is just as meaningful. I completely agree. Yeah. AJ, I love you so much. I love you too. And I'm so happy we got to do this. <laughs> Me too. Finally. Yeah. But it, I think timing is everything. It is. You know, it is really important. And like even six months ago, maybe I'd be going through some different Something things really or whatever. Or, yeah. Or in six months. <laughs> Like, exactly six hours i don't six know hours, yeah. i really and this is the this is you and i are both like heart feeling like romantic and like totally yeah we totally are those people but i do believe in divine timing mm-hmm. i believe very much in god that um that the dark and the light they play equally important roles yeah and that um mm. i'm learning how to trust in that a little bit more yeah, and not let that. not let my negativity get the best of me. Yeah. Even when it comes to like stuff like this industry. Yes. <laughs> Cuz it could easily do that. It's it would very easy. Drive me absolutely insane. But you got to remember just to like take a walk outside sometimes. Oh yeah. Just like 
Oh, nature has been my medicine. Yeah. So I hope that uh, AJ's words and his story, like all, your, I just appreciate your brain. Like I love that you think the way that you do. You can like put it out there because that's a hard thing to do. It's a skill. Yeah, um, yes, it is. Where can people find you? Uh, you know, AJ Raphael everywhere. Everywhere. And I just released a song. Uh, for the first time in a couple of years, yeah, three weeks ago. So I still haven't yeah. listened to it. I'm being totally honest. No, but it's all the, good. It's sad. Yeah, so. that's why. Okay, full disclosure. That's why I didn't listen yeah, to it. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm not ready for this. Right now. <laughs> I was like, I think this will make it worse. I kind of embrace that a lot of people know me for like a lot of my sad stuff. So no, but that's the best too. <laughs> we need it's a it's a catalyst. It's a way to process. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. You know, music is a healer. So yeah. It, you know, you may need this song in this, whoever's listening, you know, certain point in your life, whatever it perspective called? it is. It's called Waking Up Sucks Sometimes. Thank so you. Okay, I, I think I actually may need to listen to that today, and I think I might be ready. But The music video heart. is cool because then you can maybe separate it from your own experience. So if you're watching, mm. you know, well, actually, it might trigger something. Trigger you have been warned. Yeah, you have you've been, been warned. warned. Take a take a look at that. So yeah, go follow AJ stuff. Yeah. Um, take a moment, and honestly, for you, it's like uh, listening to your music. Also, I go down the memory lane thing too, and I remember like what it was like. Yeah, in the dude. T- in the 2010s. 2010s. It was a special time. Twenty tens. Yeah, but thank you so much, and I'm a thousand percent rooting for you always, thank and you. I'm really excited for everything that's coming your way. Now, now that you're in this acting world, like we can talk shop. I know. Um, but you're a blessing to this universe, AJ. Thank you. So thank Jean. you. I feel the same about you. Oh, and now I have it recorded for all of time. Yes. How long did we go? Uh, almost an hour and a half. Oh but my yeah. god. Yeah. We're just kicking we're just it, like, talking. We're just chopping it Definitely up. Definitely part two, yeah. please. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Marvin Yui, my audio engineer and producer. Thank you, Marvin, for all Thanks, that Marvs. you do. And thank you to Aquafina for use of her song Yellow Ranger in the intro. I'm going to use, AJ, what song should we use for your outro? I'm going to put you in there. For this. the outro? I put you in my Valentine's Day one, too. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You choose the song. Um, for this one, <laughs> let's go with the song that I wrote about Alyssa two years ago called Like Me. cute yeah oh shout out to Alyssa. okay then thank you to aj for use of his song like me for the outro and if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with a friend and uh leave me a five-star uh review and all that stuff subscribe i appreciate it very much and you can find first of all on google play spotify stitcher radio public apple Podcasts, and everywhere else that you find podcasts everywhere Um, And I'm a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American and Pacific Islander podcasters and storytellers. Hope you guys uh, check out some of the other podcasts on that collective because they're amazing. And that is it for me this week. I love all of you. I hope you're doing well. And take care. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, AJ. Bye. Congrats. 101. Yeah, 101. 101. Bye. Because I don't know how to handle these three words and they go out like you. So could I get a sign? Is this more than movies and red wine? 
Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective. <laughs>